Hey everybody, welcome to Maple Masala. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Maple Masala. This is your host Shireen and I hope you all are doing well. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Canada's healthcare system. Uh, so about this topic, uh, there's not a lot of people that know how it works, uh, how exactly it works, and uh, what are the advantages and what are the disadvantages. Um, but we're going to cover those uh, in this episode today, and uh, we'll dive into that. Um, before we dive into it, I want to take a moment to thank all of my listeners. Uh, the response has been great, and I am so, so glad, so grateful for all of you uh, to listen to the previous episodes and send me feedback. Um, so yeah, there's uh, there's been a couple responses in my DMs uh, about how great the show is and it's it's so great to hear from all of you honestly it it means a lot <laughs> okay so i'm going to be sharing some of my personal experiences with the healthcare system here um and i hope that will help you navigate your own canadian um healthcare landscape journey um and you can just navigate that with confidence. Uh, whether you're a lifelong canuck or a newcomer to this land, understanding how healthcare works is essential, especially when it comes to your well-being. So I think it's really important um, before you dive into any of these journeys, like even if you're going to a different country, um, let's say you're going to the States or you're going to uh, the UK, um, a person must know the the system of how its healthcare works because obviously it's the priority <laughs> so so yeah um this is something that i wish i had known before uh, not that it would have changed my uh decision to come here but i would have been just more sort of prepared um but as they say you can never be prepared enough <laughs> But yeah, I, I did do some research before coming to Canada, um, but I did not really look into or dive deep into uh, how this system works. And there's a lot of things, uh, a lot of the things that you find out once you actually, when you're in person, when it's hands-on. Um, so that was uh, kind of what I went through, and I'm going to be sharing um, three incidents from my personal uh, experience, which will I hope help you. And and if you th if you think that somebody else could benefit from this, then please feel free to share this with them. Okay, so sit back, relax. Um, sip your favorite Tim Hortons or Starbucks or whatever coffee you like uh, if you're not in Canada. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, uncover this uh, this journey here. Okay, so my first experience is when I had to go to the doctor because I had a UTI. Um, I still don't know why or how I had it, but it just... It was really painful, and I wasn't educated about that. 
um, in India, there's not a lot of awareness of all of this, even though it's frequent. It's it's really common in women. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, it's nothing to be scared of because it, it's it usually goes away after a couple of days. But the time that it stays there, it is really painful and uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't really um, educated about this. I didn't have any awareness. But just on just a random day, I had this um, really kind of a sharp pain down there. Um, I thought maybe it's like just any other pain <laughs> and it will eventually go away. Um, but it's midnight and it still didn't go away. So what I did was I told my friends about it. And I'm not the kind of person who would keep stuff um, like locked inside. I'm the kind of a person who would just share it immediately, especially with my closed ones. Um, so, so yeah, just just so that I can seek help. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I um, uh, told my friends, uh, my roommates who were living with me at that time. And, um, they were, they were kind enough to take me to the pharmacy in the middle of the night. Um, so, so not all of the pharmacies are open here 24 seven. There's only a few, or I think in Windsor, it's just one, but there's another one that's open till midnight. So yeah, not a lot of options for pharmacies. Um, as compared to in India, you could, um, you could pretty much like get anything at any time, um, so, yeah, they they took me there. I speak to the pharmacist. I tell him what my problem is, and he uh, signals me or he tells me where to go look for this medication on this aisle, and I pick it up. Apparently, cranberry concentrate works really well uh, for for a UTI. Um, so I took that, and he told me to have some cranberry juice, and so I had that. Um, but the next day, the pants still didn't go away like it was still there um so I had to obviously I had to go to a hospital um now I didn't go to the emergency because I I don't want to because I was I was scared um and I didn't know how it worked but I went to the hospital the next day with my friends and okay so first of all when I go to the receptionist she asks me for a OHIP card and I'm like uh I don't have one what is an OHIP card and I wasn't aware at that time so we'll get in th into that after the story um but but yeah I didn't have the OHIP card um so I had to pay whatever the amount was up front it was about $90 and at that time it was a lot for me to shell out $90 uh, right on the spot like <laughs> I did not expect that um, so I mean I was expecting some fee but I didn't expect it to be $90 for just a visit um, so yeah the, I, I pay the money and then I wait for the doctor uh, takes a couple minutes about 30 to 40 minutes actually um, wait there sitting in um, discomfort and then the doctor comes in and he asks me to come to his office and then examines me and everything. Um, and then he writes these uh, little tests that I have to do. Uh, so one of them is a urine test and the other is, I don't know, I, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I have to do those tests. And so I'm like, okay, sure, whatever 
needs to be done uh, should be done and so I go to get the urine and everything the sample um, when I come back I hand them the sample back and they they come back to me after a couple of minutes and this is funny because they say it's a weekend the lab's closed we can't really send your sample off for testing and I'm like <laughs> you're kidding because because a I'm already in pain and b you're telling me this is not possible like what are we supposed to do here and then so at that time they write me this prescription which again I have to pick it up from another pharmacy um so I have to pay for that and uh on top of that, I have to pay for the tests, which I remember were $50. So $90 plus 50 plus a little extra for the medication. So I almost spend around $200 just for a visit. And then they can't really store my samples, obviously. Uh, they can't wait until Monday to store it because they need the the sample fresh off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you. I guess you get what I mean, right? So... Um, so yeah, I have to uh, just like take the medication and it didn't really help to be honest. And I was still sitting there in pain, but after a couple of days, that was, it was okay. So I was, um, apparently I was not drinking enough water. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's a universal problem. Women don't drink enough water. Ladies, please hydrate. <laughs> That was my first experience, and it wasn't too great. And it's it's funny because why are the labs closed on a weekend? Like it's it's it should be a twenty four hours twenty four hours seven days a week kind of thing, but apparently it's not. Um, so so yeah, that was disappointing. Um, the second time when I had to go see a doctor was again something related to a, a UTI with me. Um, so I I go, well, at that time, I had a virtual doctor um, facility. So this was provided to me by my employer at that time. And this is, um, I think I'm talking about last year. Yeah. So I, I have this uh, virtual doctor. I tell them my problem uh, and they write some like uh, requisition kind of a thing. They tell me what tests need to be get done. So I go to the labs in the city, and I just uh, I just want to get these tests done right. So I just um, I ask them, hey, can I can I please? I have this requisition. I have this order. Basically, it's it's an order from a doctor written for the lab physician or whatever um they look at it and then they're like okay we can do testing for you unlike in india you can just go to any lab you don't really have to show <laughs> that you need a doctor's note for that like even if i want to get a blood test done or blood work done i i really don't have to show any proof um i mean they do ask for it but uh, it's it's kind of it's more accessible is what I would say. So um, I I go to the labs. They reject saying that they can't accept any other doctor's note. Number one, why? <laughs> like, isn't isn't that enough for you that a doctor sent off this this note for you? And um, I mean, I had all sources for them to verify it, and so they didn't really. Well, they actually did do one of the tests um but then for the second one they were not able to do that for some reason i don't know why so 
so yeah they reject that i try another lab they reject that again i try another one and i almost cover all of the labs in one day in the city um but none of them would accept that doctor's note so um at last i go to this um urgent care clinic again which i mentioned about in the last um scenario too um so i go to, i go to that urgent care and the recep- the receptionist is really rude with me <laughs> so what she does is um i ask her i'm like okay i have this requisition and i need to get these tests done um could you please help me out with this She's like, nope, we can't accept it, which I kind of, um, you know, I kind of assumed that she would say that. So I was prepared and I said, okay, forget about this requisition. How about you show me your doctor? Like, I want to see your doctor. Uh, please put me in the waiting line and I'm ready to wait, even though I'm in so much pain. Right. So she's like, nope, you can't see two doctors in one day. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. Who the heck made that rule? Why would you deny a patient um from seeing a doctor? And she's like, "No, I I can't do anything about it. It's it's a rule." And I'm like, "Okay, well, um then what do I do, miss? Cuz I'm in a lot of pain." She's like, "Go to the ER, which is the emergency." And I'm like, uh, no, thank you. Because <laughs> hear me out on that one. Because I've heard a lot of the people that I know who had such bad experiences with the ER, they had to wait about six to seven hours just to see a doctor. I remember one time my friend told me that they were there. Um, they cut their finger off at work because they were a chef. So like they um, they were chopping and um and they cut their finger off and it was bleeding profusely and and the doctor just won't see them because it's obviously there's so many people in the ER um and they won't look at you unless you're actually dying like you're literally on the deathbed like you're bleeding to the death or if you're unconscious those are the only cases when they would see you other than that you have to wait there for about minimum of 5 hours <laughs> So I was definitely not going to go there. Um, and and I have some statistics to actually show this to you. I'm not even making this up. So it says that according to the report from Fraser Institute, and Fraser Institute is a really renowned institute. They uh, conduct researches and they have all these surveys. Um, the average wait time in 2022 from the referral from the point of referral to the receipt of treatment was more than 27 weeks or which is about 6 months um so that that is something that i would like to um describe in detail a little bit how that works um and also there's a lot of patients that are dying on waiting lists just like that <laughs> um it's it's not funny i know but it's it's really tragic and the government definitely needs to do something about it um so so yeah there's about even if you want to get an ultrasound done there's like a, a minimum 15 days of wait or something like that but i'll tell you how how that all all of that works right um but i'll share my third experience first so my second experience yeah uh that is where i 
drew the line. I had to come back. Um, and I just tore the requisite. I had the printout for the requisition. I just tore that up right on the spot. And I just went back home in pain. And I just sat there. And I just waited for the for the thing to go away. For the pain to go away. And eventually it did after a couple days. But it did cost me a lot. It cost me my mental peace. It cost me my work. And the money that I lost from work. Um... And also, I couldn't really just, you know, eat or sleep, really, because of the pain. So, yeah, a lot of discomfort. Um, okay, I know there's there's cases that are more severe than, than mine. But, I mean, healthcare, we're, we're paying for it indirectly. I'll tell you how we're paying for it. Um, but, but, yeah, it's if you're paying for it, you better get the treatment. Okay, so the third scenario is when I was now this was not a, a this wasn't really an emergency, but it was more sort of a concern. Um so and this happened um in April this year. I was developing these little dry patches on my arms and on my underarms. It was really concerning. It didn't really hurt, but it was just looking really ugly and you know, just to see something develop uh, out of nowhere, it is concerning, obviously. So, so yeah, I I did what any other person would do. Uh, first, I waited for the for the thing to either get better or to get worse, <laughs> just to just to make sure that okay, I'm really in trouble now. I should go. So, but nothing happened really, because I hadn't changed anything in my diet or I didn't change any of my clothing or anything like that. I still suspect it was the weather though, um, but yeah, still not sure what exactly m- made that flare up. Um, Okay, I hope it doesn't happen again. But yeah, the weather's really ha- harsh here, so anything could happen. You you should be prepared for that, I'll be honest. Um but but yeah, I um was developing these patches and I thought, okay, it's been a month. Let's go see a doctor. So I go to this walk-in clinic. Um and how it works here is you either have to have a family doctor or you have to go to a walk-in clinic if you don't have a family doctor. Um, a family doctor is basically somebody who stores all of your um, record of the illnesses and ailments that you had. Um, they store it with them and then you only have to go see them. Like, even if you change it's your city, you have to, I believe you have to change your doctor. Um but yeah, that doctor basically has all of your information and he can prescribe you to different uh, departments of doctors. Like, so I'll, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. So I didn't have a family doctor. You, you basically have to get registered under this doctor. Um, and not a, lot of, uh, not a lot of doctors are really accepting new patients very soon. So... And even if you, like, look at the clinics here, some of them would have it written outside, like, we're not accepting new patients. Or if they are, then they would say, accepting new patients now. But I haven't seen that in a, in a really long time. So, um, it's been four years, I don't have a family doctor, and um, I just, um, but I had the OHIP card, so I'll, I'll, I'll dig into that again. Um, 
so yeah, I I go to this walk-in clinic. I show them my OHIP card, and so OHIP card is basically a health card. It's given by the government of your province. Um, it's different for every province in Canada. So you get this card. You just have to show it to them, and your visits and your lab testing. It's all covered in that card, so you don't really have to pay for a visit like I did in the first scenario. If I had the OHIP card at that time, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have paid the the ninety dollars plus the fifty dollars for the testing, but you would still have to pay for your prescriptions though. Now, if you're lucky enough, your employer would cover some portion of that prescription. Um, so, like, some would cover fifty percent, some would do sixty. The the percentage is set by the company, so you just have to look into that. Um, so yeah, in uh, in my case, um, I I have the OHIP. So now, so now that I have the OHIP card, I go to this clinic, um, and I'm like, okay, I'm developing these patches. I just want to see a doctor for that, and they're like, okay. Um, so I sit there waiting, and it is a heck lot of a wait. It's like about forty to forty five minutes, and. There's not even anybody else waiting along with me. It's not even busy. Uh, there's just another person before me. And that's it. So that's okay. Um, it wasn't an emergency, so I, I was okay waiting. Um, but then, yeah, finally after the 45 minutes, when the the nurse came out and he signaled me to come into the room, I was like, okay, let's go in there. And I sit there. I'm like, where's the doctor? Because it's a really tiny room and... And the nurse just came in and shut the door, and I'm like, uh, "There's no doctor. I I want to see the doctor." And um, but I don't say anything. I'm just sitting there. I'm just waiting. I thought maybe the doctor would come after a little bit, but yeah, there is no doctor. Um, I I find that out after a couple minutes. Um, so yeah, the nurse starts asking me these questions and uh, when when did this happen? When did you start seeing it first and whatnot? And I answer all of those. And then he's like, okay, I'm connecting you to the doctor. And I'm like, wait a minute. What do you mean connecting? Because <laughs> I thought the doctor was going to be there in person, but he's not. So um i'm like okay well whatever he's like yeah we have the doctor on on this laptop screen here it's a virtual doctor and i'm like okay there we go and so the doctor comes on on the screen on the video call and he's like uh okay and and he only asks me two questions he's like does it hurt and does it itch and i'm like nope nope no to both of those and he's like okay well i'm referring you to a dermatologist and i'm like that's it you're not gonna assess my skin or anything you're not gonna examine whatever's going on and he's like nope i already saw that because he because the nurse took the pictures and sent it to doctor and um i'm like okay well if you can tell from the image then that is great you have some superpowers <laughs> but yeah, he refers me to the dermatologist and th and that is how it works, right? So the doctor refers you to the to the specific department that you need to see. Like if you're um if you're having a problem with your stomach or something, then they would refer you to a endo and I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really good with the medical terms, but uh they would refer you to that specific department. Like if you want to see something related to brain, they would send you to neurology or if you're um uh 
Yeah, just something like that. So that's what they do. Um, he told me. So the nurse is just writing this um, this little note, and he gives me the note, and the note has a phone number on it, and he's like, "Okay, you will get a call from this phone number, and they will let you know when your appointment is, and the wait time is between three and six months." I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> three and six months? Okay, I get it. It's not an emergency, but what if something concerning happens? You know, there's always this fear. You always have this little doubt in your mind, like, what if, you know? And I thought, what if this is cancer? And that's what I asked him. And he's like, no, it doesn't look cancerous to me. It's fine. And I'm like, uh... Well, then tell me what do you think it is? And he's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, then how can you say that it's not cancerous? <laughs> you know, but I didn't argue at all um, with the with the nurse. Um, they're really nice. Nurses already don't get enough incentive in Canada. And that's why they're forced to leave Canada and work in the United States, especially in Windsor. There's a really, really um, huge shortage of nurses here, I believe. Uh, even though we have so many, there's just not enough for them to cover the, the population. Um, I also read that there's about 2,000 nurses trained and educated in Canada that have left to work in the U.S. system just because they get more uh, benefits and a better pay and a more... Um, well, the respect's the same. We respect our nurses a lot. I mean, they're like gods. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they just get more incentive in the United States. So from Windsor, they go to work to Detroit, which is right across the river here. So they work in Detroit and other cities in Michigan. Um, so, so yeah, I come back home again with no resolution, uh, wasted my time. And the problem is still there. And now I have to wait for the call from this clinic. And guess what? I got the call in September this year. I got the call around... Um, I think my appointment was on the 6th or... Yeah, the 6th or, or the 7th of September. So almost like, what, six months later... Is, is when I got the response. And see, the, stati the statistics were correct. You have to wait up to 27 weeks in order to be um, referred and then get the treatment. Um, there's another uh, survey here. Um, it's, it's from Ipsos. Now, again, Ipsos is a well-known multinational market research and consulting firm. Um, they conduct surveys for market research and all of that. Um, and they and they showed that only 48% were satisfied with their provincial healthcare system. 33% of the population are not certain whether they would receive adequate care if they were to fall sick. So I guess the system only works better for the citizens. But again, they have to wait for like in order to get an appointment um, with your family doctor. You still have to wait a couple days. Now, if you're lucky. And also, depending on the severity severity of your case, um, you may be given an appointment earlier. But I've heard it takes a minimum of two business days. So, um, so yeah, you, your only option is either to go to the ER emergency or 
you have to go to uh, your personal family doctor or a walk-in clinic. Now, how the health card works is um, the reason why it's free is because you pay from your taxes. And and health card can only be given to those who are either the citizens of the of this country or um, if they have a PR or if they are full-time employed. So back then, um, in the first scenario, I was still a student, so I was covered under my college's insurance, um, but I wasn't, like, I wasn't eligible to have the OHIP card, and that's why I didn't have it at that time. But I had the college's insurance, so um, what you do is you pay up front, and then it's reimbursed to you later on. But again, it doesn't cover the prescriptions or the medicines that you purchase, um, also, for over-the-counter medicines, you don't have to have a prescription. So, like, over-the-counter is, like, Advil and Tylenol, all of that stuff that's, or, or like, something related to your stomach problems, like gas problems, um, acidic, a- acidity or something like that. Um, those are not um, really, those, those don't really require prescriptions. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the other ones do. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's how it works. Um, and it's not like Canada government is not spending enough money into the healthcare system. In fact, uh, the Fraser Institute research from 2018 shows that Canada is the eighth highest spender per person basis in the world. So like, it's not like the government is not spending enough money. It is. Uh, it's just not going to the right places, I believe. Not sure where exactly it's going but it's definitely not reaching where it should be reaching (laughs) and when it comes to global um assessment canada ranks at the bottom on almost every single metric among its international peers um so that is a shame (laughs) um yeah not sure because the government should definitely look into this i mean a large chunk of the population is immigrant and you know we're just all, all the working people are paying taxes. And especially in Ontario, the taxes are way too high than any other province. I believe um, British Columbia is the top most uh, where the tax percentage is like the highest. And then I think the second highest is in Ontario. So yeah, the people are paying enough money. It's just not reaching to the right spots. And, and yeah. In all, um, my experience hasn't been great with the with the system here. Um, anytime I have a an inconvenience, any discomfort, I have to rely on my parents to send me the medicines from India. So um, my dad, he did send me the medication for my patches on my skin. Um, he did send me the medication, but it actually reached to me after two months so it reached to me after the like at the end of may i believe so so yeah that was really inconvenient but uh and it takes a lot of money especially from india to send the the medicines and or anything if you want um takes a lot of money um but yeah wastes a lot of time too so so yeah i think when it comes to healthcare, it shouldn't take too long Okay, so with this, we're coming towards the end of the episode, and we'll like to end it with the quote of the day, and today is going to be, 
Half knowledge is like a double-edged sword. It can cut you and those around you. And in Hindi, it would be Adi Jangari Hani So I wish somebody had reminded me of this quote when I was about to come here. But it's, I think it's okay. People learn. but And that's why I have this episode out for you guys so that you can learn uh, in advance and, and take uh, the steps necessary. Um, maybe bring some medication along with you already, those who are about to come here. Um, and the ones who are already here, I'm sure you all can relate. I'm sure you all have that one experience that was really bad with you. A minimum of one experience. Um, so, so yeah, that was, that was it for today. And again, thank you so much to everybody who's listening, to everybody who's sending their feedback to me. I am deeply, deeply grateful for all of you guys. And keep listening, keep sharing. We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.